Well, y'all want to get into basketball talk or get y'all's wake up Austin a little bit since he said he was falling asleep. He was going to fall asleep earlier. Maybe he'll wake up now. And, you know, once once you hear the word basketball, Austin just rings up just like whenever he gets off shift at McDonald's. God. I'm going to go back to sleep. I like sleeping better. <laughs> Did y'all get a new uh, grease fryer? Hey Fisher, if you're listening, (laughs) we need you back because I need the Mississippi jokes back. (laughs) Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear. Presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I could, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan from Here the Spear, presented to you by Noel Game Day. We are recording our final episode, our 32nd episode uh, of the year, 2019. I'm going to be joined by our lead writer, Dustin Lewis, and our lead basketball writer, Austin Beasy, uh, previewing, previewing the ball game that Florida State will be facing on Tuesday against Arizona State. We'll be talking a little bit about basketball, too, uh, and also our favorite plays from the decade, our favorite players, uh, favorite moments, um, and then kind of like the evolution of college football, maybe these last 10 years and all kinds of stuff to finish off our last season. This will be our season three of Fear the Spear. Uh, but to get started... Let's say what's up to the guys on the other lines on Skype here. What's going on, Dustin? What's going on, Austin? What's up? How's it going, guys? Did you guys have a Merry Christmas? Yeah, happy holidays, everybody. It's uh, almost New Year's. Hope you guys are doing well. Yes. I had, I had a pretty good Christmas. I was very relaxed, which I enjoyed. I really needed some relaxation this year and spent some time with family and Eight had like a good uh, brunch uh, and opened up some presents. Y'all got any any good presents? Yeah, I got some cool. I got some. Golly, cool stuff. don't sound too excited. Yeah, I guess tickets for the Mavericks Hornets game, but that was about it. You got what? Tickets for the Mavericks Hornets game. Oh, up okay. Here. Okay, sweet deal. Sweet deal. I got some cool sports uh, memorabilia. I got a signed basketball. From uh, Leonard Hamilton and uh, Sue Simrau, so that was pretty cool. Sweet. And then my my girlfriend got me a signed Paul Pierce poster and Uh, Marcus Smart basketball. So I have some stuff I need to put up. She knows you real well. Yeah, apparently. Well, because you watch every you watch every basketball game and definitely the Celtics game every day that one is on. So she probably knows you pretty good because it's right in front of her and that tv in there yeah it's not that hard to figure out 
<laughs> no, you're pretty easy. Uh, I, I think, let's see, my favorite thing that I received, mm, uh, maybe a $100 Walmart gift card would have to it's be my bad. pick. It's not uh, bad. I'm a big Walmart fan. I am a cheap bastard. If anybody knows me, I know both of the, these two do because they complain about likes <laughs> to them, but I'm very cheap. I budget very. I, I, I'm proud of myself. I budget very well. I feel like. Um, so my question is, what what is that hundred dollars going to go towards at Walmart? That, what are you going to be buying? Uh, well, see, the thing I think what's more important is that it's probably going to last me like a whole month and a half <laughs> on groceries. <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna last me a long time. Some people spend a hundred dollars like every like two weeks or a week i spend that i can budget that to where it could last me a, a, a month at least um which i think is pretty impressive but i i usually like whole milk which i'm drinking right now i guarantee it will be a a, a couple 24 packs of natty ice um <laughs> and probably i love yum yum sauce so just yum yum sauce whole milk and uh, 24 pack of Natty Ice. A lot of 24 packs of Natty that Ice. That is an odd item list to check out with. That's the it college is. diet of champions. It is. It is. And if nobody has watched our Instagram lives, they've probably, if you, if you have seen them though, you would probably see my wall in here that's inside of our game game room and it's all Natty Ice on the walls here. And I actually cut up some more boxes earlier today, so I'll be putting those up on the wall. Fun times. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so this is going to be our 32nd episode of the year. This is crazy. I know from – I wish we could have had him on. I know Fisher's busy, but Fisher was on here for the most majority of it, the first half uh, at least. And uh, we, we've had multiple guests on. We've hosted three Super Bowl champions, six national champions, an NFL uh, Hall of Famer, a College Football Hall of Famer, an FSU Hall of Famer, uh, and it, it's been incredible. And that's just a, f- a few of the guys. We've had other guys on here, too, that have been incredible. And we definitely appreciate them coming on. Um, and if you haven't, let definitely go listen to them. Because I think some of those interviews, too, can still uh, play a part. And then, you know, getting to know Terrell Buckley, Derek Brooks, Derek Brooks, Derek Brooks. Um, we had Nooney Murray on also, which I actually really enjoyed having him come on and talk because he was able to talk about the shift from Jimbo Fisher to Willie Taggart, um, Bryant McFadden, Jacoby McDaniel, Freddie Stevenson, um, Terrence Mann, PJ Savoy, Luke Laux, who is currently with the Golden State Warriors, helping out uh, their team. Uh, we, we've had on a, a we lot. We even had on to Sean Reed. So, I mean, even stretching to media a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, full array was, of guests, peach exactly. fans. <laughs> yep, it, it was it was nice. So we had a definitely a different mix of guests on this year, which I think is is nice. We might look and try to do a little bit more of that next season. Uh, this is our third year doing uh, running a podcast at, at Null Game Day, and um, we definitely appreciate you guys listening. Uh, and uh, hopefully, you know, I, I enjoy it. We, we kind of come on here whenever we have the time. It's 1130 right now at night and we're all in, or at least two of us are in college and we, Austin's got job duties all over the place. Um, McDonald's is busy. This time. Oh my God. Do it. <laughs> I can't escape it. Do it. I can't escape it. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, we. I just want. I know everybody else will say the same, but we. I greatly appreciate you guys coming on here and listening to us. It just amazes me that 
the, the amount of people that actually listen to us for over an, like 20 minutes even. And I know it surprises the guys too whenever we look at the stats and stuff, but we definitely are appreciative of you guys giving us a chance. And we're really excited about where we can take the podcast and um, the guests that we'll have, have on next year because we're going to try to always do it bigger and better than the year before. And I, I feel really happy about this year. How about you guys? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just some of the seminal greats we got to talk to, some of the recent players. It's all just – it's very exciting to get to hear their experiences at Florida State and what they went through, how their lives are currently going. So, I mean, yeah, it's just – it's especially awesome from our end, growing up as Florida State fans and now getting to talk to all these great players that went through the university. So, yeah, I love pretending to be media. <laughs> That's pretty much uh, yeah, that's pretty we, much I mean, what it's like. I mean, being a Florida State fan and now getting to talk to these guys, it's like, dang, mm-hmm. I almost feel like I'm pretending to be media and not a fan at mm-hmm. most points, and that's what makes it so fun to come on here and, and talk to them. Yeah. And the best part is we can only keep growing and keep getting better. Um, hopefully these, this next year we'll be able to, able to bring in even better guests. Yeah. Yeah, It's uh, it's been incredible, and I think the main part for us is that we're all – young in this in this covering Florida State and being able to have opportunities to interview having Derek Brooks on the line having Terrell Buckley like names like that I mean having Derek Brooks on it just hits different and you know telling my dad and all that kind of stuff who I heard Derek Brooks's name all the time uh was just insane and be able to hear backstories of him and Bobby Bowden I mean it's special and we're we're definitely we should be very grateful for the opportunity that we get so uh, we're looking forward to a great season next year on Hear the Spear um and I'm excited but yeah let's jump into what who are who our favorite guests were if you want to name that real quick anybody have theirs that they want to jump out and say I'll let Dustin go first he's the vet (laughs) the vet (laughs) um yeah this is actually before Austin came on the podcast, but I think my favorite one was going to talk to Terrence Mann. Um, it was it was right when he was actually up at the NBA Combine, right after he earned his invita- invitation after dominating at the G League Showcase. And uh, yeah, he, he talked to us while he was in Chicago, um, just kind of talked about his career at Florida State. And I mean, getting to hear that from Terrence Mann, who I would say is arguably probably the the most accomplished player to come through Florida State now. He'll go down as, in my opinion, the best basketball player to play at Florida State because, you know, from the time he came in, that was when FSU was struggling. And then over his career, the Seminoles steadily took some steps and then ended up in the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 by the time he had graduated. So really, to me, Terrence was huge behind the entire culture change of uh, – Florida State basketball these last couple years. So getting to hear about those experiences and then shortly after getting to see him drafted into the NBA with the Clippers and how he's doing up in Los Angeles. Really, that was just a really awesome episode and seeing him keep it going is amazing as well. Yeah, and for, for mine, choosing my favorite guest, um, I wanted to choose one that I was actually a part of. So it was between PJ Savoy and Carlos Williams. And uh, Carlos was great, but I'm obviously going to go with my guy, PJ. Got it's always to. Great to- it's always great to catch up with my boy from Vegas, even if he cheers for the wrong NFL team. Sorry, PJ. Um, but he, it's always great catching up with him. And we had some some great uh, memories from Florida State and being around each other for three years. And Yeah, I would have to say PJ Savoy. For mine, it's tough because 
there's two big names on there, and there's a guy that really is going to be on radio. He should be later on, but that, that would be Carlos Williams. I always enjoy yeah. having him. I think we had him on for two times this year, and he's just so easy to talk to. He runs you. He gives you more info than you ask for, and that's just what you want for content and running through stories of his time at Florida state was great. And, uh, he can talk about everything that you want to talk about. Just give him a topic and he'll run through it. Um, and he always enjoys coming on here and he's awesome. And then I think one that just like, actually there's like some guests on here that you'll maybe get a little bit nervous for, or have some nerves. And now it's probably <laughs> Derek Brooks. Getting him on. Yeah. Getting him on a call and speaking to one of the best linebackers in the NFL ever, he was just named to the top, uh, the NFL's 100 team uh, as one of the best linebackers ever to play this sport, uh, was insane. Uh, and he was great. He told us the, the, the story of Bobby Bowden and uh, his grades and his mama getting on to him. It was, <laughs> that was probably one of my favorite stories of the year. Uh, that was hilarious. And then the, the podcast our first episode of the year was with Terrell Buckley. Fisher got this and uh, and uh, worked out for us to have Terrell Buckley from Mississippi State, the DB coach there, and obviously a Florida State legend and NFL guy, uh, come on and talk with us. And I thought he was just very informative. Um, and it just seemed like just so easy to talk to. Uh, and those are probably my, my three. There's so many that we had, uh, which is crazy. But, yeah, that's probably... And plus, I mean, they they were both just so accessible, really, because I'm I'm pretty sure whenever we talked to Terrell Buckley, he was actually out on the road recruiting when he took the time to do the podcast. And then Derek Brooks, I remember him telling us before we started recording, he had just finished doing a thing with NFL Films right before coming on the podcast. I mean, he went from doing an interview to bang, come right on the pod and yeah. talking for 45, 50 minutes and having a good time with us, which, I mean, we, we really appreciate it. I mean, it just shows that, you know, these guys are human just like us, even though they're Florida State legends, and they yeah. were honestly really easy to talk to and, and opened up for the show, which, I mean, it's it's awesome. Mm-hmm, exactly. And it's and going back to us being so young, we're still learning. I learned so much more when we have these guys, these, these men on here. Uh, and I always heard stories from my dad and family members about these certain players, but being able to have them on here and talk with us and ask, be able to ask our own questions to learn, and hopefully uh, listeners will also learn new stories and stuff is, is incredible, and we're, I'm thankful on my own end for the opportunity that we get. Um, let's see what else we got here. So we already went over favorite guests. Let's go over our favorite memory of the year since this is going to be the last episode of 2019 and it's been at least football wise all over the place once again it feels like uh feels like the whole Jimbo Fisher and him leaving kind of scenario where now Willie Taggart's gone and it's just just wild and nuts but what was y'all's favorite memory from 2019 because I feel like it's been there's a lot of stuff that's happened but it's gone by quickly for some reason I mean, that's just how I feel like that's how it goes every year. Every year is just getting quicker and quicker. It's just unbelievable. But, yeah, I mean, really for me, I'd have to go more basketball just because of how football has struggled. And I think the best the best moment in 2019 for me was Terrence Mann and Fiondu Cabangeli getting drafted by the Clippers and now seeing their careers in the NBA after what they did at Florida State. So that's a – 
that's what I pick. Yeah, for, for me, it was a wild year. Obviously, personally, I graduated college, and that's a huge accomplishment. And then mm-hmm. there's, there was the Virginia Tech game, well, both Virginia Tech games in basketball. But my favorite memory, at least the, the one I know is going to stick out for me throughout the rest of my life, is the Murray State game uh, in the tournament, mm-hmm. which is the game after Phil Kofer's dad had died. And we were all in the locker room for that. And I know that like that part obviously isn't my favorite memory, but seeing the way the team responded and the family environment and the brotherhood and from the coaching staff all the way down to us at the managers and the athletic trainers, that, that game, there was no way we were going to lose that game. Um, and we, we came out and steamrolled them. It was such a great game, and to see those guys be there for Phil's, it, it was really neat. And, um, yeah, that, I, I would say that's going to be definitely the memory that's going to stick with me the most and probably my favorite memory as well. Yeah, wow. I mean, it had to have been incredible being in that locker room, too. Couldn't imagine the feels. Uh, for me, I'm probably, it's crazy, I don't think we're going to go 0-3 and three and not have any football favorite memory. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to have a favorite memory. Yeah, it's very You could tough. say Tiger being fired. Well, that was probably going to be, be Dustin. <laughs> Dustin, don't worry, <laughs> Dustin said that in the, pre, or in the pre-show meeting. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, it's going to go baseball, and I'm going to go for Mike Martin. Mike Martin's win over LSU uh, at LSU to clinch a spot in the College World Series. I felt some emotions that night. I think all of Tallahassee and a lot of people that cover baseball and are just like sports in general and seeing the story there, I think was incredible and how much attention it got and well deserved. Uh, uh, world-renowned name in, in college baseball uh, and his final season everyone knows he's retiring gets to clinch his final college world series run uh, at lsu and, and walk off uh fashion it, it was uh incredible i just watched a video of it today we had brett who used to cover baseball for us he put the video out and that reminded me how special that was and i just remember watching the video non-stop on twitter of them celebrating uh, and then him hitting the bucket, the ball bucket, and say, or, or we're going to the College World Series or something like that. But it was, uh, it was incredible. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm looking at Twitter here. Sorry, this is so random, but Coach Dillingham tweeted, and some of you thought Christmas was over, exclamation, exclamation point, Ooh. present in the AM. Go Knowles. Interesting. Interesting. We'll keep an eye on that. We're recording this on uh, recording this what day is it friday friday friday, friday night. before all the college football <laughs> playoffs is going on yeah um so yeah that's interesting the new offensive coordinator for florida state has a little sneaky tweet putting out all right so what is this is 2010 to 2020 now we're getting ready to end the decade what was y'all's favorite memory or favorite what was y'all's favorite play for the decade it can be basketball Football, baseball, soccer, but I don't think a lot of us on here are soccer peeps. Um, I'll start with PJ Savoy shot against Xavier to send us to the Sweet 16. Just because from being in the locker room the year before after Xavier stomped us in Orlando and seeing the emotions in that locker room to the emotions the next year after we beat them, I I remember where I was when that shot went in. 
I remember rushing on the court after the game. I remember that locker room going crazy. Yeah, definitely the PJ Savoy shot. Um, this one's outside of being able to see Jameis Winston and um, Dalvin Cook just dominate during their careers in Tallahassee. This is probably just an an underrated play, but 2015 FSU at Boston College. Everett Golson as quarterback, and Florida State ran a reverse, and Golson just knocked out the uh, Boston College defensive end, like <laughs> legit knocked him out, and they had to yeah. take him off the field, and he got knocked out of the game with a concussion. So that was just an amazing play to see a quarterback knocking out a defensive end, and I mean to that point, also I remember Jameis Winston having some pretty crazy blocks during his career, running downfield uh, in front of running backs and taking out defensive backs to uh, set guys up for touchdowns. So really just being able to see quarterbacks go out there and lay their body out on the line to put out a huge block for their teammates when typically you see the quarterback hand the ball off and back up out of the play. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty good one. Mine's going to be, and I'm going to pick a popular one here, but I think the fact that I was there just hits more I was it was the Kermit Whitfield return in Pasadena for the touchdown Uh, I think it hits even more because all of that while we were sitting the FSU side of the stadium and we were kind of it was 30 70 really I mean there were so many Auburn fans there it was incredible Uh, but FSU kind of had its corner there uh, and we were really worried during halftime, um, and people's phones were already dead and stuff. It was just really, you're just there in the moment because you were tailgating at 8 a.m. and all throughout the day, and people were just taking pictures, so nobody's phone was on, but you, at, by halftime, you were just sitting there talking with one another, and FSU was, was struggling, and you know you really weren't in that situation whatsoever during the season, so uh, you were wondering if Florida State and Jameis Winston and Jimbo Fisher were going to be able to do this. And then uh, uh, later on in the game, coming back, Kermit Whitfield puts Florida State into the game, uh, and him running from left to right. I mean, the whole that whole side of the stadium where we were just went nuts. And seeing adults like my dad, just seeing my dad and seeing how happy he was, acting like a fourteen-year-old, like yelling and jumping up and down was. Uh, <laughs> And incredible, and I think also the last play, Telvin Smith getting the, the tackle at the end, um, seeing the ball come out, which was actually a fumble at the end of the game against Auburn, but just sealing it up and being national champions and just people being so excited. I think it was, and watching the Florida State sideline just run across the field, it was, it was nuts. It was a, a beautiful night, but that was uh, probably my favorite play from the decade was Kermit Whitfield's return with Carlos Williams right behind him too uh how about just to uh, go ahead just to interject here quickly i think i found out what dillingham's tweet is about um looks like fiu grad transfer offensive tackle Devonte taylor could be headed to florida state he actually just entered the transfer portal yesterday so quick mm-hmm. work by florida state that might be the surprise we get in the morning so we'll see mm-hmm. one of his recent follows on twitter isn't it now crazy and funny that your eyes light up whenever you hear offensive tackle? Um, <laughs> you know, fans are actually so ecstatic to hear that they're getting an offensive tackle or a talented one, too. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's just the way the, this uh, really this decade has been for Florida State. Need offensive linemen uh, badly. Uh, let's see. Favorite player from the 2010 to 2020 decade. I feel like I'm cheating here, but I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with an easy one, and that's gotta just that's gotta be Jameis. I mean, yeah. for me, just to see him come into to Florida State, redshirt that first year, and then just come out as a true freshman and and light up the entire country. Florida State really doesn't have many. I mean, I think the closest game in the regular season was the the 14 point win over Boston College or so. So, I mean, really, you just see Florida State absolutely dominate. Jameis is sitting down by halftime a lot of the time, just hanging out. Yeah. Um, seeing him get to, to lift the Heisman Trophy in, in New York, that was amazing. And then also him coming back to lead Florida State on that just historic winning streak that, you know, unfortunately ended in the playoffs to Oregon. And then also seeing him go number one in the draft and now playing for, for the Bucks every Sunday. Obviously, mixed reviews from there. But, <laughs> I mean, watching Jameis, I remember seeing him commit on TV to Florida State, and I was like, holy crap, Like this guy's going to be amazing. But never did I think it would turn into what it actually turned into for Jameis Winston. So just rewarding to watch him over these past seven or so years. For me, it's tough. Obviously, working with Florida State Bass, I'm not going to choose any yeah. of those guys that I worked with because I'd really be playing favorites. I don't want to make anyone mad. <laughs> um, but I could, I, I want to go basketball and go Bernard James because he's what really got me into Florida State basketball, and that whole mm-hmm. team did. Yeah. Um, I could go there, and if I went football, oh god, um, Telvin Smith or Dalvin. Just those two, they encapsulated what Florida State is so much, especially Telvin. He was such a dog, barking on every play, but he backed it up. He backed it up with his play, and he was he was going to be there every single way, and he was going to be in your face about it. Um, see, I would say either Bernard James or Telvin Smith. Ooh, this one for me, well, my favorite player ever from Florida State, uh, was always Leon Washington, and that was obviously uh, from the decade before. So this one is still my favorite player now. Uh, it, it kind of changed. It's either Leon Washington or I always go Timmy Jernigan. So my, my favorite player is I'm going to stick with it, Timmy Jernigan. Uh, and it's it's not a big name. It's not a huge name. Uh, but just the way he – I wore number eight in high school because of him. I also had the crop top rocking too. He actually had a lot more meat on him than I did. Uh, he had a belly. I didn't really have a belly in, in high school. Uh, but I just liked the personality he had on the field. Loco Ocho twirling his hands around the helmet. Uh, he was nasty, nasty motherfucker, man. Uh, and I just liked the way – he talked to media, uh, and he's always had that just – he just does what he wants to do. Uh, and, you know, he went to the national championship and played, I think, with the flu or some really nasty sickness, uh, and he played his heart out. He hated having to take some snaps off, but he – and plus his hits too. And he – I remember watching a game against UF, and it was in 2013 in Gainesville. 
uh, and uh, the play was kind of over. They hadn't whistled really yet, but an offensive lineman, I think Telvin Smith had picked up a fumble. It really wasn't ruled a fumble, but they were acting like they were going to go take it back to the house, and Timmy Jernigan just like looks around and looks for somebody to hit, and he just nails a 320-pound offensive lineman and puts, it on, puts him on his ass for no reason, and the guy's like, what? What did I do? <laughs> Uh, and Timmy Jernigan's always just been nasty. I like I like guys like that. Um, so it's probably gonna be Timmy Jernigan, but uh, I gotta give some tip. I gotta give some love also to you know one of the best running backs, or the best running back that went to FSU and Dalvin Cook. Just being able to see him in the stands and see that, and you know, always hearing stories from my parents and all the the FSU fans that are, that are older than us talk about. Work done and, and how incredible he was, but then hear them also say, "Man, Dalvin Cook is, is might be on a different gear." Uh, was uh, we got to be a little bit more appreciative of what we saw in person with with Dalvin Cook during this decade at Florida State. Uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, I think that's pretty much it, unless y'all have any more ideas of things of, from this decade. Um, any favorite games? Of the decade? I think I have mine, and that's going to be 2013 in Clemson. I went there with my family, um, and we stayed in the cabin. It was nice, beautiful, and then we went over, and we weren't. I was really, really worried about that game. This was number three versus number five. Clemson was ranked number three in the country. I was, we were FSU, or FSU was five, and we were always up in the nosebleeds there, and you're looking straight down. It's terrible. It's scary, and I hate heights. But we were there, and uh, after after the after Florida State's first series on defense, uh, being able to pick off um, Taj Boyd there, and that that crowd was unbelievable before that happened, and then just watching it slowly die off, and Florida State absolutely annihilating Clemson, and Jameis doing what Jameis was doing. That was really his game to show the nation about who he really was. Nobody really knew nationwide who he was uh, until that game. Uh, and then I knew that Florida State was going to go to the ACC championship. Um, they weren't going to – I said they're, they're just not going to lose a game this year. I'm not I'm not worried. This Jameis Winston is that quarterback. Uh, that game right there is probably my favorite of uh, the decade. It was It was incredible. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's that's a good one as any. I, I was in the stands for that one, too. First and only road game that I've ever attended, so perhaps I should travel a little bit more to watch Florida State play. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just so tough. It's hard to pick one game because, I mean, my, my favorite moment was that winning streak that Florida State went on from 2013 to 14. Really, 2014 particularly, just, just from all the moments – that they had to overcome. So I guess if I had to pick one, it'd be that Louisville game down 21, nothing on a Thursday night. I remember sitting on my couch, me and my dad and we're like, man, so I guess this is, this is finally where Florida state gets, gets caught this year. Because I mean, you guys remember how close it was. They barely escaped Notre Dame. I mean, they even barely escaped Oklahoma state, Miami, just so many games that Florida State probably should have lost that year, and instead they they end up undefeated and in the playoff. But that Louisville game, down three scores, and then Florida State just fights back. Ermon Lane catches a pass that I swear disappeared in midair and then reappeared in his hands, and then yeah. Dalvin Cook ices it with a long touchdown run. So yeah, that was that was just an incredible night to 
be a Florida State football fan with the adversity they had overcome. Nick O'Leary suplexing a guy and forcing a fumble. Jameis Winston throwing an interception to start the third quarter, then forcing the fumble and getting it back from the guy he had just thrown the pick to. I mean, just so many crazy moments in that one. Yeah, that was a wild game. And I, I want to choose a game I attended just because it helps narrow it down a little bit. Um, I'm going to go the Florida-Florida State basketball game in 20, oh Lord, 2017 when we played down there in the O-Dome. Florida was ranked fifth. Florida State was unranked. Um, Florida came in cocky off a very good tournament in the Nike tournament. I think it was the PK-80 tournament. Um, Florida State just came in there and ransacked them. Just the first half was a little close, and the second half it, it blew it away. There were so many great plays. The MJ Walker lobbed to Phil. Um, Ike grabbing the offensive rebound, pivoting and slamming over another Florida defender. Um, Florida was ice cold from three. Florida State was started hitting everything. Um, the rowdy reptiles were never rowdy in the entire game. They were lame, just sat there, didn't say anything. By the end of the game, the war chant was re- was singing through the rafters, and it was beautiful. And I will never forget that game for the rest of my life. Um, it was just such a fun game, being able to sh- show it to at least some of the country, if they weren't all watching that, hey, Florida State basketball is here. Um, last, season, last season was not a fluke. I will also say the 2013 National Championship was also... <laughs> Uh, a pretty decent one too. Just very, very grateful. A lot to be grateful for. I know it's rough times right now for Florida State football as a whole, but there's so many other teams too, sports wise. You know, basketball is doing great, but you know, Florida State fans, y'all, football wise, y'all were pretty damn spoiled for a good amount of years. So <laughs> it will take some time, and you know, we're gonna get into a little bit now, more current state of Florida State. Uh, hopefully, it'll head in the. Hopefully, it's starting to head into the right direction. So, uh, some hot hitters of the week. Start off right now. Uh, uh, Corey Durden is most likely making a return to Florida State in 2020. He put out a tweet saying, let's get to work. And he tagged Coach Norvell in that. Uh, This is going to be a guy that's going to go as a senior returning to Florida State and is going to help in the Redshirt Junior. Redshirt Junior. Or Redshirt Junior, my bad. (laughs) <laughs> Redshirt junior uh, coming back and is going to help a lot into the interior defensive line uh, and is big, big for Florida State. There was some thoughts maybe during the middle of the season that he would want to maybe look at going into the NFL draft or, or going in the pros of some sort. But and this is good news for Florida State heading into 2020 with their Redshirt junior coming back for the Knolls. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really big for Florida State. I mean, with Marvin Wilson likely heading to the NFL. He hasn't put out an official announcement, but most likely heading to the NFL. It's really big to get back Corey Durden, who started uh, alongside Wilson for for much of the year. So really next year looking at uh, Corey Durden and Robert Cooper in the interior. And then they still need to develop the, the depth behind those guys a little bit and maybe sign another defensive tackle before this recruiting class is over. But it really, I mean, it just really helps the Florida State defense next year to have another veteran back. And obviously it could help Durden as well with his stock going forward. I think really he was probably a, a max fifth round guy going into the, the 2020 NFL draft. But if he comes back and has a standout redshirt junior season, I mean, he could play 
his way probably into the second or third round, depending on how good of a year he has. Yeah, I agree. We really needed some defensive tackle depth back, and having Durden back is huge. He's played pretty well this season. He's had a couple moments where he's had some mind lapses and hasn't played with full effort, but when he's played with full effort, he's been really been really great. I think him next to Robert Cooper for next season is going to uh, it's going to bring some havoc. Uh, another guy now that has made an announcement, uh, and we were kind of contemplating if this would be the case. Uh, Stanford Samuel's a third FSU legacy. Uh, Noel is going to be heading and or try to work on training for the NFL draft. Uh, he has had kind of a rough career, but he's had a tough season also this year at Florida State. A lot of fans and uh, people covering the team are kind of a little surprised by this. I don't know if you guys are on the same page as those people. Yeah, I was definitely caught off guard. I, I, for me, I think of it as, uh, I know we talked a little bit in the uh, pre-podcast show about how um, uh, the coaches told Jeff Sims, hey, um, we're going to be recruiting more guys more guys than just you, and they told Akovich that, hey, we're, we don't necessarily want you, and they probably told St- Samuels the same thing, um, and it just made more sense to him for, made more sense for him to try and train for the draft and see what he can do that way. I think he has more chance than Alex Hornerbrook does, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it was just the coaches saying, we're, you're, we're not all in on you if you want to test the waters on yourself. Yeah, like Austin said, I'm sure by this point, the uh, Mike Norvell and the staff member he has in place have been evaluating this roster, probably talking with players, letting them know that, hey, you might not necessarily be a fit for this new defensive scheme we're bringing in or new offensive scheme we're coming in. So, I mean, we're certainly going to see some guys transfer, I mean, I guess in Stanford, Samuel's place declare for the NFL draft. Um, kind of a puzzling decision. I think maybe it would have been better for him to grad transfer for his final year and play somewhere else. I mean, maybe go join Jimbo Fisher in College Station. But, I mean, really just him declaring for the NFL draft, I don't really see any way he gets drafted at this point. Um, I'm, in my in my opinion, I mean, I, I don't think he was very good this year. He got picked on a lot. I mean, a lot of the Florida State defense did, really. But um, Samuels also has some – Issues. I mean, he'll commit unnecessary personal fouls, and he has a little bit of an attitude. So, I mean, in the end, this might be better for Florida State with him moving on. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be – he's going to have to play his way probably through the undrafted free agent process. I just – I don't think he's going to get a combine invite necessarily, and I don't see him getting drafted with where his game is currently at. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, best of luck to him, too, uh, most certainly. And if the uh, main thing with this, too, I'm seeing a lot when it goes back to before early national signing day with Jeff Sims, but Mike Norvell seems to be a coach that is will tell you straight up. He doesn't want to lie to you. He's going to tell you what you should expect, and he wants to help you out in, in your future. Um, if that's the case and what Dustin brought up, um, then I think that's a different kind of coach than what you had before uh, and maybe even before that with Jimbo Fisher. Uh, it'll be interesting change there inside that locker room and as a team as a whole with Norvell being there and you know just telling guys straight up what it's what it's going to be, 
what you should expect. And hopefully that will help guys make better and smarter decisions. And we'll see if that works out. Um, and one thing that's been a big topic, and I kind of wanted to go over this to recap the decade too, was the difference and how teams are and the way they present themselves and also as a brand and, and social media and digital media. Uh, and Florida State's has struggled the last couple of years. Um, it's struggled a lot in the last two years under Taggart. Um, this also goes to not just what Coach Taggart brings on board, but also what Florida State's administration does. Um, and uh, if you look at other teams like Clemson, which was really the first one that really made a focus, actually putting a, a whole team together on the side to do social media, video editing, graphic design, digital media, um, vlogging even, uh, any ways to get their brand out there more. And that boosted them in a lot of ways and they're recruiting and they surpassed Florida state, uh, with ease now. Um, and that was a big start there. And now there's teams like Ohio state, which is one of my favorites that has one of the best design, uh, uh graphic design team in the country. Uh, and then there's also, LSU, who has had a gigantic year with putting out video edits, uh, putting music out there that recruits listen to, that players listen to, and it and it gets millions and millions of views. And of course, Clemson is also Clemson, Ohio State, uh, LSU are also in the playoffs uh, this year, and it just goes to show you how big. And how big it is to have social media and digital media, because even Oklahoma is doing certain things. too. they just put out a video of now they're opening up little stores across the country. They put out a video edit of that, of where uh, fans can go in there. And I think look at Oklahoma memorabilia and all different kinds of things. It's just the whole the, this whole decade is just so focused on social media. And Florida State has been very tough and has lacked that in a lot of ways, and they've also embarrassed themselves nationally. We're not just talking just outlets covering <laughs> Florida State and Tallahassee, but nationally on uh, well-respected um, sites across uh, the world. Yeah, I mean, I think ESPN has been camped out in Tallahassee ever since uh, the Jameis Winston investigations back in 2013 <laughs> because, I mean, I swear the hour of the uh, – uh, that Martin Luther King Jr. graphic going out, which, I mean, obviously got so much attention nationally. ESPN already had an article up on the site, pretty much just roasting Florida State. So, yeah, they've had they've had some interesting moments, both with graphics and um, with their tweets as well. I mean, obviously, they I'm pretty sure they fired the the social media handler from from last season, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, the graphics haven't been great. We've seen we've seen the Yoda meme recently, which <laughs> I'm pretty sure one of our graphic graphic designers made something ten times better than that in an hour or so. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean they they've had some really puzzling posts. And you look at other teams. One that comes to my mind just because I saw it recently was LSU and that video of, of Joe Burrow. Yeah. With Burrow with Burrow spelled the Louisiana way, I guess you would say it on the back of his jersey and walking out for a senior day and just that video behind him. I mean, the quality of that was absolutely insane. The production that went into that. I mean, it was. Hey, and a little boozy and a little boozy, baby. (laughs) I mean, 
Set it and off. And a little boozy. And a little boozy. Force eight. Set. We got swag surfing. So. <laughs> but it's it's just this generation we're in now where people are always looking at their phones, they're always surfing the internet, and when they say cool things, they want to stop and look at it. And when they say things that aren't as cool, like Florida State and Martin Luther King, yeah, they're going to spend time roasting it. You don't want to keep ending up on the bad bad ends of things. That's how you're going to lose out on a recruit here or there. Obviously, those aren't the recruits you want. <laughs> they're mm-hmm. wor- worrying more about their social media image than their on-field image. But it's it's just how we're growing up these days and how kids are. They, they spend so much time on their phones, and we're all guilty of it as I'm recording on my phone. Um, <laughs> it's just the way it is these days and everything's that it's just at our hands and it's so easy to access nowadays and sadly Florida State hasn't caught up yeah and they, I feel like they were in it they were in the game back in 2013 and 2014 uh, and then it started falling apart and Clemson figured it out like I had mentioned earlier and recruits I've seen multiple interviews and articles talking about how recruits would look at Clemson and see their social media everywhere uh, and they would see the production they would see that logo uh, and uh, add that with the amount of mail they would receive too I mean that just keeps their keeps that logo and it keeps that brand name in your head a lot uh, and, and it plays a big role in it and it also you know the, the Clemson does vlogging uh, and Dabo Sweeney will pick up the camera and he'll talk to you and it also gives also fans a pretty interesting point of view inside gives you a feel of what Clemson is doing on the behind the scenes that maybe if they're boosters what they're putting money in towards uh, and Florida State has got to figure something out because this next decade is going to be just freaking gigantic. Um, and I'm just a, been a social media freak. This is how Noel Game Day came to what it was, was just running a Facebook, uh, pretty much a Facebook fan page, um, giving you content and media. Nobody was doing that back then. But it just you've got to stay on pace with competition and what's new and what's on the trend. And Florida State is behind a lot, and that has to do with um, not giving chances to younger individuals uh, running it. Uh, you obviously want to be smart. There just can't be younger people putting them there. But they know 10 times more. Uh, a 14-year-old probably knows 10 times more than any uh, 50-year-old does at an Instagram story and how to lay it out beautifully with the soundtrack in the background and make it attractive and, and to get reach out there. It's just there's got to be a big focus for that, I think, for Florida State. Moving forward, of course, this isn't. I think wins definitely helps more, too. Uh, but money, I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing Florida State maybe put some money more towards getting in guys uh, or a staff that can really just solely focus on Florida State as a whole because I think they're separated between FSU recruiting and then the FSU football pages and social media. It's all unorganized. There's got to be a fix. Um, and in order to do that, you got to put some money towards it and be smart with your hires and don't be lazy. Get with the game, or uh, you'll get you'll be, get left behind. And I think Florida State's getting left behind really quickly. You can change that, though. Um, you can change that uh, very quickly, though, with just bringing in people that are, are talented enough. And I think Florida State, hopefully, they can do that. Yeah. Uh, that, go ahead. To that point, um, I was actually whenever the the Mike Norvell rumors were starting to heaten up and the the day of that conference championship I made it a point to to watch that game 
and then also just checking out Memphis's social media after. And I was I was pretty impressed. I don't I don't mean I don't know who manages their social media off the top of my head, but whoever does it, I was pretty impressed with the the amount of videos they were providing from the game, and then also some of the championship graphics they had drafted up to post um, after that win. So. Maybe Mike Norvell would tap into that connection and, and bring whoever that is with him to Tallahassee to spice up Florida State social media. We'll, we'll see, but they definitely need a, uh, a reinvigoration there for sure. Mm-hmm, that's certainly. Well, now that we're done with that and kind of going over the quick hitters and our decade questions and, and observations, let's get into this bowl game prep before we get into basketball and then finishing off the podcast with trivia. And our fun fact of the week. <laughs> um, all right, so Florida State, I want to get y'all's thoughts heading into this game. Florida State's going to be facing Arizona State on Tuesday in the Sun Bowl in El Paso, Texas. The Knolls arrived on Thursday. They had Top Golf last night. I think they visited the military base there in El Paso today. Um, and Florida State actually has uh, assistants there, their 2019 assistants, Kendall Bryles. Or one of the names, your offensive coordinator will be there coaching the game. Um, so there's some uh, some good news there, maybe some positives to look at it for Florida State. But just initially, what are y'all's thoughts heading into uh, this bowl game to start, hopefully, or to begin the new bowl game streak? I have zero high hopes. <laughs> no Cam Akers, no Kaylin Laybourne, no Marvin Wilson, obviously no Kando uh, would be. There's just no Nazaldine. Um, there's just so many injuries to try and overcome, and offensive line still hasn't improved. Um, I think it is very cool that these coaches that have gone on elsewhere are still here to coach the game with Bryles, and I think Randy Clements is there as well. Um, I think that's cool, and it, it shows a lot about their character as coaches, and hopefully it leaves an impact on these young student athletes. But yeah, <laughs> I think I don't think it's going to be pretty for Florida State. Yeah, this is certainly going to be a tough one. Obviously, going against Arizona State, um, a team that Herm Edwards has slowly been building up over the last couple seasons. I think we we talked about it briefly on one of the most recent podcasts, but um, just that we thought Herm Edwards going in, you know, everyone kind of made jokes about that hire and that he would probably be fired in a couple years. And instead, you see the Sun Devils steadily turning around under him and, and what he's building up there in, in Tempe. So I'm excited to see Florida State get to play a, a quality program in this bowl game. Um, not, nece- not necessarily sure how it's going to work out with obviously all this coaching turnover, um, the dysfunction there with guys, you know, now having different jobs, maybe being focused there a little bit, and then also not having any scholarship running backs. So it should be an, an exciting way to build up towards the new year. Yeah, it, I'm. It's it's going to be an interesting one, and we'll go over a lot of this. Uh, the main one, you know, the running back situation is huge. Florida State is not going to have a scholarship uh, uh, back with James Blackman back there. We're expecting him to make the start, and Florida State's going to look to Deontay Sheffield. I know the boat. Uh, I think all of us on here, or I think Austin also brought up the idea of also having Gabe Neighbors there at. at at running back and maybe in a few formations there. But now that having Kendall Bryles there, though, kind of makes me feel a little bit more comfortable what Florida State might do. I think he's definitely one of the brightest, one of the 
uh, a very bright uh, offensive coordinator and the way that he creates uh, yeah. plays that are pretty interesting and plus it's a bowl game uh, but I do think that he like Austin was also saying you know this is this is a very nice thing to see from these coaches coming here and coaching uh, these players because it also shows how what kind of relationships they've built uh, with the players um, and uh, I think I think Florida State I do feel a little bit more better about this game than I did before knowing these assistants are here uh, but that running back situation is gonna we're, there's gonna be a there's that they're gonna have to figure out something because I believe we heard some thought or we heard some things during the season of having Treshawn Harrison back there a few times but he's currently in the transfer portal I don't know if he is on if he's with uh, the team right now uh, practicing. Do you guys know? Uh, I have no. I honestly, I don't know. But. I hate the transfer portal thing, man. I mean, I, I, like now you have to reporters or someone's got to ask if they're there or not. I don't think we've gotten <laughs> word on that. But if I was there, I would probably would have asked that question if I can by now because uh, we were hearing. Uh, stuff from practice through, through the year that Treshawn Harrison was working a little bit with the running backs, so that'd probably be a good question, but um, maybe some people forgot that he's in the transfer portal. But right now, Deontay Sheffield, who is a walk-on, is going to be an expected starter. Um, like, what, what what do you think? And there are some rumors. I don't know. I don't know if I can believe that. Maybe, maybe. I mean, it just depends on what he's going to be running, but DJ Matthews back there. <laughs> Uh, one thing I will I will say is Kendall Kendall Browns is going to figure it out. I mean, you think of that mm-hmm. that first game after Taggart going to BC. What does Florida State break out? They break out Jordan Travis, who out of nowhere has the best rushing game ever from a Florida State quarterback. So even though Florida State doesn't have any scholarship backs coming in, into this game, knowing Kendall Bryles is is going to be the play caller. I'm sure he has some wrinkles in his back pocket that he's going to use to get FSU some yards on the ground. Wouldn't surprise me to see some, maybe a double pass, a couple trick plays thrown in there and, and then letting James Blackman really do the rest with his arm. So we'll see, but definitely a little bit more confident in Florida state having their offensive coordinator and also having Clements because that was one thing I was worried about coming into this game that they wouldn't have a full staff of assistants. Yeah. Yeah, having Browns back is definitely it's definitely easier on these players, and they have coaches that they're familiar with coaching in this game, and they have coaches that are familiar with them and how to use them. Um, whether that's using Trayshawn or whoever in the backfield, who knows? But I I do agree with Dustin. I think Jordan Travis is going to get a lot of burn in this game, so he can get some yards on the ground that others wouldn't be able to find. Um, yeah, and I also agree there will be some trick plays to be found in this game. This is going to be balls to the wall for pretty much. The entire Florida State roster and their staff. So y'all aren't saying that Harlan Barnett also being there is not a big impact? It's a big impact for Arizona State because they're just going to dice up FSU's defense. It's not like he's been there all season anyways. <laughs> Doesn't look like it. <laughs> no, Herm Edwards is coming in this game 7-5. and five. Florida State also 6-6. Six and six. Um, Odell, Hagen, Odell Hagens is 2-1. and one. Right now, uh, under uh, the season, uh, how are y'all? How are y'all feeling about Odell Higgins here? This is most likely going to be his last interim head coaching role, and how big this plays a role 
for Florida State. You know, he's a big, seems like he's he's a big guy we know in the locker room, and he says a lot of things, but uh, do you think he might go and get a chance here at, at a 3 and three and one record to end off his interim head coaching uh, role at Florida State? I think a 3 and one would be a massive success for him, considering what he took over and some of the opponents he's played in Florida and now Arizona State, who's been a good Oregon team this year. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think going 3-1 and one would be a huge success for Coach Higgins, and I'm glad he's staying on Coach Norvell's staff, and hopefully he'll continue to stay on the staff for a long time. Yeah, I'm, I'm all in for 6-1 and one Dell until it doesn't happen. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I love seeing – uh, I love seeing Odell coach Florida State. I remember being able to go to the first game, not well, the first game that he was ever an interim coach back in back in 2000, 2017 after Jimbo Fisher's uh, departure to Texas A&M. And just the, the passion he spoke with at the press conference. I mean, you can tell how much Odell lives and breathes Florida State how much he bleeds garnet and gold. I mean, like I, I said it whenever we were talking about coaching candidates, but whoever was going to be Florida State's next head coach, Odell Hagens comes with the house. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. until, until Odell wants to retire, he's going to be on this staff. And, um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll welcome him back every year. Yeah, that furniture stays with the house, most certainly it does. Uh, good news for Florida State here. Uh, top Arizona, their their Arizona's top running back and wide receiver are going to be out for the game. Running back Eno Benjamin, uh, who is who was running for 1,080 or had a 1,083 yards, 10 touchdowns, um, and uh, going to be without them. And Brand, uh, wide receiver Brandon Ayuk. I'm Ayuk. terrible with last names or names in general, but Brandon Ayuk he is at. 65 catches on the season, 1,192 yards and eight touchdowns. Um, and that's literally 595 more yards than their second best wide receiver. So obviously that's a hit on Arizona State's offense. You got to think, man, Harlan Barnett, this is your chance, man. This is your chance. <laughs> I know, and yeah, <laughs> this is your chance. And the thing is, you know, Florida State, it's so tough, though, because Florida State is going to be without Hamza Nasruddin, who's the best defensive player on Florida State's, uh, who was who was on Florida State's active roster, you know, Marvin Wilson. I thought that was Dontavious Jackson. Oh, <laughs> man. Just coming in with the jokes. <laughs> My bad. I did say that wrong. Dontavious Jackson, who's currently preparing right now uh, for... Preparing for the NFL. NFL Couldn't draft. play in this game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which I mm, never mind. We already talked about that. We already talked about that. And now, now I guess it just pissed. Just as like, if I were to be on Florida State's team and on defense, I mean, I feel like I would talk to him afterwards and, and say, you know what? Never mind. Well, Stanford uh, sitting out. This, Stanford Samuels is sitting out this yep. game as well. Yeah, yeah. I think Dontavious Jackson is even a, a sillier move on his part. Uh, maybe Stanford Samuels might have something. Maybe he could say the coaching wasn't there, which I could give him some uh, respect to. Maybe with Harlan Barnett being your guy, but yeah. But I, I mean, if you think about it, you're down, you're down Hamza Nasrildeen, you're down Stanford Samuels, you're down Marvin Wilson, Jaden Woodby, you're, you're down. Yeah, you're down Dontavious Jackson if you want to count them. Jaden Woodby, Joshua Kando. I mean, just so many. I mean, some of those guys were talented. 
but some talented guys missing time. And I mean, you know, Florida State's defense has obviously been pretty, pretty terrible all season, defending in the past linebackers, defensive backs, it hasn't really mattered. And now they're going to have to tap, tap into the depth behind those guys that were already pretty bad. So hopefully the young guys step up. That's, that's yeah. what I hope to see. Akeem Dent catch a freaking pick. It'll probably come your happen. way. Hey, if he catches an interception get. this game, I will streak. If he catches uh-huh. an interception, drop it Alex Hornerbrook's getting drafted. Jeez. Oh, wow. <laughs> You're really going to risk that on yourself. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Keep I'm going to put money on it. Oh, okay. Keep an eye on Dennis Briggs this game as we're talking about the defense and how hard it's been hit with injuries. I'd like to see Dennis Briggs have a pretty interesting Dennis Briggs, game. man. I do, just because what I've seen in the stadium watching him play and the effort that he gives. Uh, <laughs> and he's made some plays this year. And I think he'll have an incredible season next year. But I also was big on um, Asante Samuel last year. And I thought he'd have a great year, and he's had a great one this year. So I do have some pretty good uh, guesses on players. So it might be Dennis Briggs, who I project to have a pretty good year next year. But for this game, at least, I think I would keep an eye on that guy. Uh, I think he might have some potential. Uh, and sits at 6'4", 269. Look for number 58 to make some plays. And also, you know what? God damn it. Just fuck Ooh. up somebody, Janarius Robinson. I'm, I'm, I've, I, I've, I My mama not going to like that. I know. I, I speak <laughs> with J-Rob, um, and I've had some time with him. Uh, and I think he should just say, damn it. I know I'm coming back next year, but you know what? How about we end it off and get some hype pen into next year? How about he have just a big game and say, screw it all. Uh, he is an absolute monster. We played against him during my <laughs> high school years. Uh, and he, he, uh, he, he has a different size than me. <laughs> uh, I look like a baseball player. Uh, he looks like a football player. He has the size of an NFL player. But he, he should just manhandle some kids and during this game. Uh, and I, I, I just hope he has a good game. I still think Dennis Briggs is going to have a, is going to be a name to watch out for, but. Sante Samuel and Dennis Briggs, but you know what? Damn it, Janarius, fucking slap. No, no, nah, don't say slap someone's neck Ooh. open. But just... that's a Dontavious Jackson move right there. Is it? Yeah, bro, breaking people's necks in the pile. Oh, <laughs> damn, damn. But no. a guy I want to see continue to stand out is Amari Gaynor. I mean, he's had a yeah a, a respectable redshirt freshman season and. He should just continue to grow as as his body can continues to build. I mean, he's still really a guy that needs to add on some more strength and bulk. And, you know, hopefully with Josh, Josh Storms probably coming over from Memphis, he can do that this offseason and, and take another step forward next year. So Amari Gaynor is going to be the, the next monster linebacker at Florida State. Mm, wow. What about the youngins, the young linebackers like Jaleel McCray? Yeah, I mean, Jaleel McRae, Kalen Delowich, they all have a lot of potential. Um, I don't think we really got to see their true freshman years utilized as much as they could have been um, just because of the question marks with Harlan Barnett's coaching. And then <laughs> even to and an extent, switching it I around, mean, yeah. to an extent, Raymond Woody as well. I mean, as much as we've talked about how good he's been on the recruiting trail, the the linebackers in particular have been pretty bad in that defense outside of Amari Gaynor. So I, I guess next year with a new linebackers coach, I'm excited to see 
if they rebound. And I mean, these guys are really highly recruited guys, so mm-hmm. they definitely have talent, and they just they just have to be developed like any true freshman. Yeah, and you know, heading into the next season too, you know, it seems like the defense. Of course, right now it's just been bombshelled uh, with injuries, but you bring back a lot of guys that are true starters and very talented and you hope that some of these guys should be put into their correct positions hint hint Jaden Lars would be uh and one guy that I'm really excited for that we didn't get to see whatsoever and I'm, I'm pretty pissed off about it is Travis Jay he's been dealing yeah. with academic issues but I feel like that tandem uh with Akeem Dent and Travis Jay is going to be stupid nasty uh and I'm excited for him to come uh hopefully just he's dealing with academic stuff that's holding him up from high school I think a little bit of college but uh having him back I think will be something to look forward to defensively and of course the new young guys coming in uh yeah, Travis Jay to me he's got a little bit of Greg Reed in him that's who he reminds me of just a electric nasty. athlete a guy that can knock you out on defense despite being a little bit smaller and then can also help out in other areas. I mean, Travis Jay played quarterback, running back, wide receiver at his high school, return kicks and punts. So I think at Florida State, whenever he is finally eligible to, to play and stuff, I think we'll definitely see him as a punt returner, a kick returner, and a guy who can just get the offense in a good field position in the blink of an eye, kind of like Greg Reed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that comparison because obviously it's shifty athlete. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's also I love I just love bad motherfuckers, man. That just hit somebody and talk shit. And as long as you're not getting penalized, but just just be nasty. Let them know that you're gonna do it again if they come your way. That's what yeah. Greg Reed did. I mean, I I loved it. Uh, Timmy Jernigan did the same way. You come my way, I'm gonna uh, you're I'm gonna say a few things to you, and uh, you're gonna be you're just a piece of shit. Uh, and. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I loved it. I love that stuff. Um, Plus, I yeah. mean, you just know anyone coming from Madison County is, is yeah. going to be ready to, to knock you out. I mean, just thinking back Physical. Jacoby McDaniel, Chris Thompson, both came from Madison County, both went through Florida State, both made it to NFL. So, mm-hmm. I mean, really, it's it's just an area that's – dude, Travis J would have been a five-star if he played in Miami. But mm-hmm. because, he, because he played in Madison County – under-recruited area, a rural area that not a lot of scouts get out to. I mean, this is a guy that was, that might have been the most underrated recruit in the country in his class last year. Mm-hmm. Let's see, bowl game-wise here, if we want to get into some predictions now that now we're over a little bit hour of the podcast. Um, this, is, this one's interesting to me. This is just a 2 o'clock game. This is uh, New Year's Eve. In El Paso, Texas, uh, James Blackman is going to be expected to throw the ball, uh, and Kendall Browse is going to have to coach one of his most creative games that he's probably ever called with the lack of <laughs> guys around Blackman. Uh, this is also a big game for Tamara and Terry, uh, and if he wants to go pro or not, and if he wants to make a decision after this game, uh, if he has a good game or not, I don't know what whatever he's going to expect to do. Uh, what he's going to base this off of, uh, but a big game for him, and this is where you could see James Wackman and Terry light it up like they've done a few times during their careers at Florida State. But as a whole, this is also a big game for both offense and defense and players showing out and showing off for the incoming coaching staff 
that is going to be watching this game. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Coach Norvell make the trip there to watch and maybe the head assistants. Uh, and they're going to want to show out, and that's why I'm looking at Janarius Robinson, man. Uh, show out for Adam Fuller uh, and your incoming uh, position coach and, and other guys like that on both offense and defense. But uh, this is this is an interesting game. I don't think a lot of people are expecting Florida State to win just because of the situation. Also, Cam Akers, their main source of scoring points and getting down the field, is not going to be on the on the turf on Tuesday. But it's going to be one of those. I love saying interesting. I got to stop saying that, but it's going to be an interesting <laughs> game. I've learned that I say interesting a lot. I say that in a lot of things. Um, but this is an interesting podcast because it's our last one. So maybe in 2020, I'll stop saying it so much. I need to find another word. I need to go to cinnamon, cinnamon.com. And cinnamon.com. Cinnamon.com. <laughs> cinnamon.com sounds great. Uh, yeah, I hope, I, I hope I'm not doing that. But uh, yeah, let's go ahead and give our game prediction. This is our last game preview and our last game predictions of the year. I'm pretty sure Dustin's going to win it because I screwed myself up with picking what friggin' Fisher did. That was so stupid. That created my downfall. 10 and 2, baby. I was doing so well. I think I was above both you and Fisher at one point, and then I screwed myself over, and here I am. But uh, we'll give that crown to Dustin this year. I think I'm two below him or something, maybe three. I don't know. Austin's in front of you, yeah. Well, he wasn't here for the first half, so he's limited. Oh, wow. I was here for the 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 whole season. Oh, yeah, was it really? Yeah. Yeah. Man, come on, boss. What you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm losing my mind. I feel hurt. I feel like Fisher was here a lot longer than that. I guess he was for the start of the year in January. That's what I'm thinking. Well, just wait till I give my predictions for basketball. Wait till that happens. We're win. 12 games in. I'll catch up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's give our game prediction scores here. Is Florida State going to have a winning record? or a losing record in 2019. Who wants to take it first? Losing record by a lot. Mm. <laughs> I'm saying 38-17 Arizona State. Whoa. Wow. Why? Any comments I just, on that? <laughs> I, think there's, I think there's too much for Florida State to overcome, whether it's injuries or bowl prep or suspensions, if you want to count that. Um, I just I think there's way too much to overcome with all the coaching turnover, roster turnover. Um, yeah, Arizona State's losing their two biggest playmakers, and I just I, <laughs> I I have zero high hopes. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I, I flip flopped over the last hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I went from wow. Ari- I went from thinking Arizona State was gonna win this game. Now my prediction is Florida State 38, Arizona 34 in a high-scoring game in El Paso. Wow. I have a chance to tie it up. Okay. Huh. That's interesting. I'm hanging it all out to dry. What are we going to do if we tie at the end? Fight you in real life. (laughs) Great. Jeez, why does it got to be physical? That's That's how we settle a tiebreaker where I'm from. You're from a Tallahassee. Place. You do that? Yeah, <laughs> I haven't done that yet. <laughs> I haven't really done that. Then you haven't lived, my friend, until you've smacked a man in the face. Oh yeah. Whew. 
I don't know where you're smacked going with that. Man? I've never <laughs> smacked man. No, I don't do that. To get, a, to get away from this, um, uh, I've got Florida State 38-34. I think we're going to see James Blackman really have, have a great game in this one. I think we'll see Kendall Bryles call a great game, considering he's heading out after this one. I think he's going to want to leave on a high note. And then, then defensively, I think Florida State catches a little, well, not a little, a big break with Eno Benjamin and also Brandon Ayuk both declaring early for the NFL draft and deciding to sit out this game. I mean, the rest of Arizona State's rushers have combined for 154 attempts for 432 yards and just four touchdowns. And, I mean, the majority of that is from Jaden Daniels, who has 319 of those rushing yards and three of the touchdowns. So, really, all of the guys behind Eno Benjamin at running back are extremely unproven. IU, Logan, you mentioned the stat where he has almost 600 more yards yeah. and their second leading receiver. They do they do have Frank Darby, who has eight touchdowns this year to, to match Ayuk, but their receiving core is a little bit limited. Um, Arizona State, their offense has been up and down on the year. They've scored just 25.2 points a game, which is 94th in the country. Florida State has scored 29.1, 66th in the country. And um, Florida State's offense has struggled this year. So you can just imagine how the Sun Devils have played a little bit. And – the, the best the best thing about their team is their defense. And if Florida State can put up some points, then I definitely can see them pulling away in this game. Well, not pulling away, but pulling out the win in this game. Definitely going to be a close one. So I've got 38-34. Might be a little bit lower scoring than that, but I don't know. We'll see. Nice this- New Year's gift for Florida State fans. Yep. Uh so then they can go party and drink it up, right? Or am I just talking to myself? To each their own. I'll have a <laughs> nice. I'll have a nice vegetable tray. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and some pubic hair. What? Okay. Come <laughs> out. Wait a second. What's so fast have, food, guys? You're gonna have water burger. Okay, that could have gone a lot of ways, and like I hope. I don't know. Uh, in a vegetable tray, I can think also of another object. Uh, that, <laughs> well, I mean, you got you cut the carrots up. You don't you don't grab the whole thing. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'm gonna go Florida State. You know what? This game is gonna be closer than I thought, just because now Kendall Bryles and the coaching assistants will be there. A majority of 2019 assistants, if not all, will be there in attendance. Um, I don't think. Arizona State's offense should play as well as it should, but this is Florida State's defense, and this is Harlan Barnett's <laughs> defense, I should say. And so they probably will play well, and they probably will score points, which will be the deciding factor in this game. I do actually feel pretty positive, even though Cam Akers will not be there, uh, that they can get something going. Uh, and James Blackman, I do trust that he should be able to play the ball, for, uh, throw the ball pretty nicely. I do think Tamari Ontario and DJ Matthews will have uh, a decent game. I think Tamara on Terry is going to want to get some one-on-one situations. I want to be surprised if Kendall Browse wants to help him out a little bit, maybe put him into, the, into the NFL draft conversation by giving him some one-on-one opportunities to make grabs. Uh, and that'll be a deciding factor for him. Uh, but defensively, I think it's just going to be so tough. Uh, I think it will be a, a very close scoring game in my opinion, other than what Austin predicted. I'm going to go Florida state. <laughs> I'm going to go Florida state 17 
Arizona oh. State, 24. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is kind of low scoring. Yeah. I think a really an underrated key in this game is going to be turnovers because you look at Jaden Daniels. He's thrown 310 passes this year and just two interceptions. He's a true freshman. Really doing a great job of, of taking care of the ball. So as long as Blackman and the offense can not turn it over a lot, then I, I think they're going to have a really good shot. Yeah, turnovers will play a big key also, I believe. It's just going to really depend on if Florida State can block well enough. Uh, shoot. I mean, I know you – and that's that, that tough thing about this too is I think offensively a secret weapon – I know I pick Briggs, but I go game neighbors here. I know we had him – you know, he's he might help out in the back end with Blackman back there, but he would help significantly if Florida State's going to be trying to throw that ball – Deontay Sheffield is not big enough to block some of these guys. You got to put Gabe Neighbors back there, who was initially a fullback. Uh, uh, during his time at Florida State, he was most recently moved to a tight end under Walt, uh, Walt Bell and Willie Taggart's offense, and now and still uh, at a tight end. Uh, I think he plays a I think he plays a vital role both in at tight end and catching passes, but also in blocking in this game. I think he's going to have a very very busy day in El Paso, Texas. Uh, make sure we get this man some gator. Ooh, power raid. <laughs> I, I even thought about it before I said it. How stupid can you get? It is 12.45, though, in the morning. But I did sleep until, like, 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern time today. Must be nice. <laughs> well, I don't – I rarely get to do that. Don't even try me. Don't even try me. Um, yeah, Gabe, I mean, Gabe should be huge uh, blocking-wise. He'll probably he'll probably carry it on the ground a couple of times, and then he'll probably catch a few through the air. So, yeah, he'll really be a, a multifaceted threat in this game against Arizona State. And plus, I That'll mean, be last just game being able too. to – yeah, he's probably FSU's most physical skill offensive skill position player, I would say, when it comes to, to blocking. I mean, Arizona State, they've only got 22 total sacks this year, but – Still, anything anything you can get to help out this offensive line a little bit and just give them even a second more of, of blocking time can only help out. Well, I think that's going to do it for our final game preview of the season. We actually made it through with one another to survive doing that. Um, well, I think that, uh, yeah, we did a pretty good job, I feel like. Uh, this has been a long podcast. I mean, this is the last podcast, too. you got to do it big, right? If you're going to do it then, do it big then. That was also my motto through this whole decade. If you're going to do it then, do it big then. By Jay Boozy. Cool. Y'all know that was his Great. real nickname, right? And then locker sure. room, Jay Boozy, because Lil Boozy, that was his, one of his favorite rappers, and then Jay Boo. Um, was what he was called, too, but you mix it together and it's Jay Boozy. So that's what they called him. Good enough. Hope, is that I your hope fun that's fact? your yeah. That's what, <laughs> what happened? What did you say? I hope that's your fun fact. Hope it's coming early tonight. No, that's not it. <laughs> I also, I'm really worried about. It. We might just give it to you from now on. We give it to you to do fun facts. Anyways, I wouldn't recommend that. Uh, we're gonna do it just because you don't want to drink up anymore. <laughs> or never mind. Eat up. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, Dustin's picking the Knowles here. Me and Austin are picking Arizona State. I, I, I feel like I'm doing something stupid again where Florida State, like Blackman's going to have a great game. So I'm just putting this in the podcast now so I can go back and uh, talk about it that I thought, you know, maybe I was 
making the wrong choice. Uh, but I'm still going to pick Arizona State here in this game. Yeah. Well, y'all want to get into basketball talk or get y'all's wake up Austin a little bit since he said he was falling asleep. He was going to fall asleep earlier. Maybe he'll wake up now. And, you know, once once you hear the word basketball, Austin just rings up just like whenever he gets off shift at McDonald's. God. I don't go back to sleep. I like sleeping better. <laughs> Did y'all get a new uh, grease fryer? <laughs> hey Fisher, if you're listening, <laughs> we need Go your back. back. I need the Mississippi jokes back. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh man! Oh man! Good times. Hey, y'all got me here. Mississippi huh? jokes are true. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't know why I do this. I'm just mean. I'm mean. <laughs> But don't worry, y'all get on to me. Not even when we're not on the podcast, I get ripped apart. It's mean. Hurts my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well All right. let's move. Let's move yeah. from that to uh, talking basketball. Get that. I need to go get some water. Some minutes. Water. Um, Florida State hasn't played since before Christmas. Their last game, a little bit closer than expected victory against South Florida, where. They played uh, great defense down the stretch to thankfully pull out a win in that one before having a couple days off. Um, Austin, any thoughts on that close win against South Florida before we talk about North Alabama? Yeah, that USF game was just ugly from start to almost finish. The last six minutes were a defensive masterpiece. Um, I really want to go back and watch those six minutes and see exactly what they were doing. I just haven't had the time yet. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah. It, the offensive struggles are for sure concerning. Hopefully this next game against North Alabama, they'll be able to bounce back a little bit offensively. Yeah, North Alabama coming into the Tucker Center Saturday at 2 o'clock. Hopefully this podcast is published before then and, and you're listening to it right now. But they will they will take on North Alabama, who Austin, I believe last week you said they've only been a D1 program for two years. Yes, is this correct? is their second season. Yeah, so – North Alabama in their second season as a D1 program. They're 5-7 and seven right now. Um, they do have a common opponent with Florida State and, and Indiana, who North Alabama lost to by 36 points. Um, most recently, they're on a two-game losing streak right now. They've lost consecutive road games at UAB and at Alabama A&M. So this is really a game coming off of Christmas. Florida State, maybe they come out of the gate a little bit slow. But I don't see them winning this game by anything less than 20 points. Yeah, the spread opened at 24 and a half. Um, and a little preview into my preview article, I, I expect them to cover <laughs> by at least 28 to 30. Um, North Alabama, just they're seriously not good at anything. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at their stats, I hate to be harsh, but the only thing they're above average at is opponent three-point percentage. Literally, there's... Nothing else they're even average at except free throw attempts, but they're only shooting 66%, so it doesn't matter. Um, they're, just, they're just not a good team, and that's what you expect from a team that's only their, in their second season, uh, full-time Division One. But, um, yeah, I'm not expecting much from this game. I, I do agree with you. I think Florida State might come out a little rusty, especially after the Christmas break, and they just got back to Tallahassee two or three days ago. So getting back in the flow of practice and getting back running up and down the floor. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they come out a little rusty, but I still expect a 28-30 to 30 point win. Yeah, and uh, the Lions, 
They're not they're not like some of these other mid-major teams that we saw come come through Tallahassee in December that could really just get hot at any point from outside and just start hitting threes. Um they're shoot they're shooting just 31.9% from deep. Um uh, maybe maybe guard Christian Agnew gets hot. He's their second leading scorer. He's shooting 42.4% from outside, but he's only taken 33 shots from deep on the season. So, I I mean, we'll see. I, this is really just a game where Florida State defensively should dominate. Alabama State averages 14.7 turnovers per game. You have to think going up against an elite defense like the Seminoles have that they'll probably struggle more than usual. So we might see those turnovers get kicked up to 20 or so, just like South Florida last game where really Florida State just turned them over so many times and – as, as good of an offensive performance as they had in the first half, it didn't matter because uh, they had 24, 25 turnovers. Yeah, North Alabama's, they start three guards, six, two, and under, one of them being five foot nine, 170 pounds. <laughs> they're going to be, <laughs> they're going to have wide eyes seeing Trent Forrest and Dem Vassell and MJ Walker in these passing lanes and guarding them 94 feet. Um, yeah, I, I expect at least 20 turnovers. I really do. Yeah. So really, this is one that Florida State should handle pretty easily. And then the Seminoles move into their next game, which will actually be played a little bit before FSU football's bowl game on Tuesday. Florida State will take on Georgia Tech at home at noon on ESPNU. And that'll be the third conference game for Florida State this season. Yeah, it's going on the road to Atlanta. Um, Georgia Tech's a weird team. No, man. it's at home. It's at home. Oh, it is at home? Yeah. My bad then. Um, yeah, but Georgia Tech's just a weird team. Like I've said a few times, the bottom fourth of the ACC just needs to be cut off, and Georgia Tech's part of that bottom fourth. Um, they're allowing more points than they're scoring, which should never happen for an ACC team that's coming out of non-conference play. Um and they're wow. usually very good defensively. Uh, Josh Patner's Josh Pastner has this really weird defense. I don't even know how to describe it. It's sort of a one-one-three, sort of a one-three-one. Um, Florida State's had struggles with it in the past, but they've still come out on top. Um, looking at some of their past results, they've lost to Syracuse by thirty-four. They've Jeez. lost to Kentucky by just fourteen, so that's not too bad. Uh, but then. <laughs> The next time out, they lost to Ball State by 18. <laughs> um, and then they just lost to Houston by 11 uh, last week. Um, so we'll see. Um, I just <laughs> I don't think Georgia Tech's very good. I don't think they're much better than some of these mid-majors Florida State's been playing. I think they're right there with USF. And, yeah, the USF game was ugly, but that's not to say I don't think we're a much better team than they are. Yeah, and I'm – I mean, honestly, this is another game where Florida State, at minimum, should should win by 15 points or so. I mean, Georgia Tech, they do have three players averaging double figures. Obviously, you have guard Michael DeVoe, 17.8 points a game, 3.8 rebounds, three assists, 1.4 steals, and he's shooting 41.1% from outside. So he's he's carrying the Yellow Jackets. They also have big Moses – well, forward Moses Wright. I'll correct it for you, Austin – 12.8 points, 7.8 rebounds, 1.3 blocks, and he's shooting 51, 57.1% from the field. 
So those two guys are, are carrying the offensive load, and that's probably a big reason why, why Georgia Tech is still 6-6 six and six right now. I mean, they could honestly be a little worse without those two guys in lineup. Yeah, and uh, their true big, James Banks third is a great shot blocker, uh, blocking three shots a game. Um, they've, they've had some depth concerns with Jose Alvarado and Jordan Usher, two of their better players, only playing five and four games respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see if they play against Florida State. And if they don't, I would, I would expect Florida State to win by a lot more. If they do play, I, I really think it's going to be in the single digits just because of how bad these teams are offensively. Um, I could see it being a 63-56 kind of game. And I'm honestly, uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to look it up real quick before I say anything. But James Banks, I remember him from some reason from last year when when Florida State played at Georgia Tech. I can't, I don't, I can't remember why. Can't remember if it was because he was good or really bad. Yeah, he he's a pretty good player. <laughs> um, they've had a few good bigs the last few years, none to make the league. But they had another, they had another guy. He wasn't a true big. He was more of a stretch four. He's some white guy that wore number forty four and he tore us up. I forget his name, but he was he was a good player. And they've had for some reason they always have one really good player and then the rest right. of the roster just sucks. Yeah. Um, like Josh year, Josh Okaji comes to mind. Yeah, and this year's this year they're a little more balanced, but they don't have anyone that can take over that scoring. Devoe and Moses Wright are great players, don't get me wrong. Um and Devoe's definitely the one to look out for, but Jose Alvarado's been the one that's carried them in the past, so Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that turns out for them. Yeah, so really this is just a team not not quite talented enough uh, across their overall roster to, to compete in the ACC, struggled a lot in the non-conference schedule, and uh, following what should be a comfortable win over North Alabama, I expect Florida State to also win this one pretty handily before they get tested in that Louisville road game shortly after the first of the year, which we'll preview in our first podcast of 2020. I'm looking forward to that. That should be a fun podcast. Logan, all basketball uh, nerds done. We got a little quick. We said we would. Logan, no, no, if you don't I, have I, any comments. I, I know. I was going to say, though, I was going to say, I know there's some, I think there's some new FFC basketball podcasts out there, too, and I haven't really listened to it, but. I don't know how you'll know all this kind of jazz about these teams. Definitely the little teams and all that kind of stuff can put out stats like that, but it's pretty impressive. So I'm just going to say it. Very good job. Very good job. I learn every time. The, inter- the internet's an amazing thing. You should look it up sometime. <laughs> for, for real. I was being nice, but now maybe I won't give a shit about listening anymore while you are doing that. <laughs> I was trying to give give you all some hype there, but oh well. I'm going to go back to listen to my other favorite FSU basketball podcast. <laughs> wake up war chant no comment uh, <laughs> well I think we go to our favorite one of our favorite segments not our best but one of our favorite segments <laughs> FSU trivia this is going to end off the year here this was just a short little tryout segment but I think we'll keep it our FSU here the spear trivia Austin currently leads Three to one. I don't think Dustin. Three to two. I'll give Dustin his credit. Three to two. I think three to two. So um, the situation here is that if Dustin does win tonight, we go to overtime, fellas, and we will declare a champion tonight. There will be a champion declared tonight. (laughs) Wow. 
So this could get interesting. I don't know what the champion is going to get or receive. I was about to say, what do we get? Uh, for you, a McDonald's gift card. Uh, uh, fucking hell. Uh, uh, but I was going to say, that's probably not good enough for you because you get a discount. So already important. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin is the one that laughs the most out of them. Because so. <laughs> it's just so stupid. <laughs> but funny, obviously. Anyways, let's jump right into it because some of these have lasted way too long than they should have ever had. Here we go. Question number one. How many conference titles has Florida State won? We're, we're saying like overall Just the conference program, title. program yeah, history. Not, yep, conference titles. I'll go with – are we – just football, right? Yep, just football. All right, I'll say 17. And answer is 18. Oh, my God. And so <laughs> close there, Dustin. It seems like your guessing luck from last week isn't turning out so well. I was close, though. He was close. You were. Uh, let's do this one right here. <clears throat> How many unclaimed national titles has Florida State achieved? I guess you can't say achieved, but how many national championships have they not claimed in total? Five. Have they not claimed? Yes. <clears throat> so that means losing in them. Oh. Three. But they didn't win? Yeah. We have a winner in the first season of the Hear the Spear FSU trivia. It's going to be Austin V. Comes in. I actually knew that too. <laughs> yep. He knows 1980, 1987, 1992, 1994, and 1996. Wow. Are the five. Austin VZ wins. Dustin, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think you need to spend the. I deserve off- a recount. No, you don't. <laughs> 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 no, maybe you were too focused on finding us the fun fact. But, Austin, let's talk with the winner here, the champion, the rookie. Uh,. What do you have to say? Uh, first of all, I would like to thank my parents, who are both Florida State graduates and brainwashing me since I was a child. Uh, I would like to thank my good luck cat, who I'm scratching right now. And okay. I, would, uh, I would like to thank my four-year degree from Florida State University for helping hope me your out. your cat pisses on your bed again. <laughs> it's, the, it's the other cat. We're good. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Man, see, Dustin, all it takes is just scratching pussy during FSU trivia. Jesus What'd I say wrong? It's better than your eat up slash drink up last week. Exactly. I feel like I can say a lot of things now and not even hit that mark. <laughs> and I love how you're the one that says, Jesus Christ. Like, you didn't say what you was it last <laughs> Oh, man. Well, yeah, that's all Austin had to do. And look at him. He is a champion in the first season of FSU here, the Spear Trivia. Uh, Definitely a big hitting segment that we just introduced. We started doing a lot of new things this year. So I think we'll keep this one on the table. We'll see if Fisher um, will want to play to it whenever time slows down for him or things slow down for him. Anyways, it's 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 fun facts night. This is our last fun facts segment too. Like we said last week, we've seen a point 
zero one percent increase in listens since we started it. So there's only zero point one. Yeah, that means that we should most certainly keep continuing it. Um, it seems like Austin's also scratching his microphone. You would think, yeah, of, you know, this is my least favorite segment. Yeah, so he's getting nervous. He's sweating. Uh, it's one one a.m. officially right now, going into the segment. So God knows where this could go. Uh, Dustin just had his veggies about an hour ago. So. <laughs> I also just found the link you used for all your freaking facts. Did you? Yeah, these are these are both facts you used in the last podcast. I'm reading right now. If you can guess his next fact, Logan actually has to buy a microphone. You have a backup one now. But if I but if I say which one he's gonna say, then he won't say it. I don't even know what this bet is. Well, if I if I pick if I pick the right fun fact, then that means I actually win trivia, right? No, it's like <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Wait, was that Austin's first cuss word? Did he cuss? What? <laughs> yeah, I thought like, you said you're fucking crazy. I, I said no. Oh, I was so hoping we'd have ours in our last What do you mean, first cuss word? I don't think you've cussed at all on this podcast. I mean, I have, but that's fine. Thanks uh, for paying attention to me, Logan. I appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, he well, didn't know was... when you joined No Game Day. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't respect you, it's clear. Yeah, seriously. You're lucky you won the trivia. I can't imagine what kind of jokes he would have had for you if you'd have lost. Like, he's not, he's not even making fun of me. Hmm. And I mean, I'm I'm retarded. Uh-uh. I'm not like that. You are being you are being silly. Where's my McDonald's joke? I should give it to you. Honestly. Anyways, do you have do you have any of your fun facts that uh you can give us, Dustin, to really end off the listeners in a great way for hear the spear and really put some great memories in their head. Just awesome season that we've done on here. Remember, this is a 0.01 increase, 0.01% increase in listens. And Austin's still rubbing off his mic like it's a scratch, scratching pad. I'm scratching my eye. Okay. Um, you don't, you don't want to start us off, Logan? I mean, normally you get things going and then I just spice it up. <laughs> okay, spice it up like that. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to find something pretty fucked up. <laughs> oh, great. Perfect. All right, well, I guess I can... Uh, I guess I can start <laughs> off with one. Uh, let's see. Well, this is a good one for me, because I have peanut butter almost every day. The FDA, the FDA allows a rodent hair per 100 grams in peanut butter. What? That's disgusting. Wait, say that again? The FDA allows a rodent hair per 100 grams in peanut butter. Oh, well, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. So I eat like a... If you look up some of that stuff, they allow some pretty nasty shit. Like, you can have, like, a certain amount of roach legs and chips or something. Inuit mothers suck the mucus out of their baby's nose from their mouth. Oh... What the fuck? What kind of mothers? Inuit. Inuit. What is that? Eskimo. Right? I'm, I think, yeah. I think so. Pretty uh, sure it's Eskimo. 
That's cool. That's nasty. <laughs> That's disgusting. Um, you, you just have to imagine it. it's like eating oysters. I mean, you just down that shit. Oh. <laughs> Put some hot sauce on it. Putting hot sauce hot in sauce. your kid's nose? You gotta do what you can. Unless it's, I mean, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know how they consume it. I'm just here's talking. another. This Way is a cool. <laughs> yeah, a uh, banana slug's penis grows out of its head. <laughs> so if you think about that, when they're having sex, they're like headbutting. Imagine using your head during sexual orientation, Dustin. Well, it just makes me wonder: is the is the other slug's like vagina on its head? Like they're just like giving. Never mind. We have that fact. I don't know. I do not have that one. But I was going to say it's like I guess they're actually giving head. Jesus. I was thinking <laughs> it. I wasn't going to say it. Yeah, Austin didn't want to do it. His parents are listening. Oh, I just no. Never mind. Well, Dustin, you're really going to let down the crowd here, huh? On the last one of the year, huh? I mean, I guess I can give you this one if you if you really want to hear it. I mean, I I, I, I want to hear it for the content. I don't know if I want to hear this to remember. I don't have a I don't have a good pun for after the fact, but I mean, it's just something to picture. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. In much the, the same way that everyone has their own fingerprint fingerprints and retinal patterns, every anus is unique. <laughs> So just remember that tonight, boys and girls. You you are unique inside and <laughs> for what comes out of it. <laughs> boys and girls, why can't you say men and women? Because this is over. This is a mature. That's true. Podcast. That's true. Men and women. Men and women. Boys and girls, <laughs> you should not be here. Get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, uh, boys and girls just sounds a little creepy, Dustin. Hey, it's 2019, bro. So you're saying that you're. Your brown eye really is your brown eye. It's really interesting, huh? You haven't tested that yet, Dustin, have you? No, I mean, you know, they have they have the semen database, so they need to make the, the shit database. We'll be, we'll be able to catch all, all the criminals at that point. Oh, no. Will we? Will we, though? The ones that matter. Hmm. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> I don't know either. Hey, me neither. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if that's the one that we should end it off on. I think it might be because that was just really cre- just freaky. And the way that you said boys and girls was really creepy too. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is a mature podcast and only men and women should be listening um, but yeah, is that it? Is that it, Dustin? Because I think I don't have one either. We, we have to. We need to make sure that we get at least five ready every podcast. That should be the main part of getting ready for every episode. I, I mean, if I, if you really want another one, I guess let's I can... let's just go ahead and do it. You know, it's the end of the year. Let's go ahead and throw it out there. All right. Uh, fuck it. Yeah. The average speed of ejaculation is forty-eight miles per hour. <laughs> Wait, the speed of it is? Yeah, bro. Like, what? Like, where at? Like, like in the face. 
What? The speed of ejaculation is like the speed of my face? It hits you in the face hard. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, it shoots out of there, bro. It does. It does. That's that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> I think you. I think I think it. We found out which like what category Dustin focuses on when he finds fun facts. I find some. I about told you, I'm trying to find weird stuff. Wow, that we've officially done that. <laughs> like here we go. Ancient Egyptians used dried crocodile dung as a contraceptive for its spermicidal properties. <laughs> so that means they use shit as a condom. So that's cool. What in the hell? We crocodile, need get... crocodile shit specifically. Not any other uh, shit, but crocodile shit. Wow, interesting. You learn something new every week too. That's a good thing about it. They're fun facts. Sometimes they'll be funny. Sometimes they'll be not so funny. Sometimes they'll just be straight up creepy, like Dustin's boys and girls joke earlier. <laughs> I didn't. Ma- I didn't make a boys and girls joke. <laughs> he said it afterwards. It was just creepy. So we're probably this podcast will be probably shut down in the next year. So men have eleven or men have eleven erections per day on average. So what? Eleven? That's what it says. Men have eleven or what? How? <laughs> how? How do you do? I would honestly need to know how. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's the average between adults and also teenagers, which. Teenagers. Hey. Hey, what? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. We need to stop because we're going to get in trouble. (laughs) But anyways, I think that's going to end it off for this episode. Our 32nd episode is coming to an end. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. It's been an incredible year uh, recording. uh, And I know I've enjoyed my time with both Dustin, Fisher, and Austin here. Uh, it's been great to talk sports with them, have the guests on that have had incredible interviews, and we've learned so much. Uh, we've enjoyed starting up some new segments, obviously, with these two also that uh, that has started with the fun facts and uh, uh, FSU trivia. It's We've been playing around a lot, and I think we're really set for next year. And I'm excited. Uh, hello to all the YouTube viewers and listeners, Spotify, everyone that has, uh, the podcast goes out to. We really appreciate you guys coming on here. Thank well, you. Appreciate for, y'all keeping up with our bullshit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thanks for <laughs> thanks for your support. I don't know why you choose this podcast over other ones, but we appreciate you. Yes, yes, we do. And shout out to you guys that also tweeted us saying that you were still listening. Uh, a shout out. To you guys that did that, uh, appreciate you, Brian, Tom, Michelle, Richard. Uh, a lot of people tweet us. They said that they're actually still listening, Brandon. Uh, but, yeah, thank you guys so much. We will see you guys in 2020. If you're listening on iTunes, feel free to rate us five stars and leave a review. It really helps a lot with uh, growing the podcast and getting out to other FSU listeners out there. Um, also, if you're on YouTube, uh, make sure to subscribe and press the bell notification on there because you'll be alerted every time a new episode is published on that platform um and if you're on twitter make sure you follow us at here the spear you can tweet us and maybe if you have any questions we'll answer them on the show uh but yeah this is 
Logan Robinson from Noel Game Day signing off. The third season is officially over. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we are excited for next year. We'll see where it takes us. Y'all have a great rest of y'all's weekend.